as we are sharing overcoming fear with faith. And we are using as a wonderful example the life of David. And so I really tonight I want us to look at chapter 26 of 1st Samuel. Chapter 26 of 1st Samuel. And um, I want to share a few things there. In chapter 25, I've been sharing in my preaching and on other occasion about our David uh, was met by Abigail and a wonderful relationship started up through that encounter. So just real quickly before we get to chapter 26 and chapter 25, and we saw that, um, that uh, first of all, that um, <coughs> Samuel had died, and we'll speak about the prophet a little later on, uh, as we tie in his life to other things that will come up in David's life. Uh, David was in the wilderness, of course. There was a rich guy there, and uh, his name was Nabal, and his wife Abigail. And when David heard that Nabal was sharing sheep, uh, you know, getting ready to uh, kill some of them, perhaps, um, he sent a message to Nabal and greeting him with peace and prosperity to you and your family and everything you own. I'm told that you're sheep shearing. And um, so I, I, you know, your shepherds uh, near Mount Carmel, we will never harm them. And we have never stolen anything from them. Uh, actually, all men are dedicated. This is true. So we be kind to us, and we have come to the time of celebration, and we're here during some feast time. Please share my provision. Please share any provision you might have with us and with your friend David. So this was the message that was delivered by David men to Nabal. Uh, in David's name, and they waited for a reply. And uh, <coughs> uh, and um, the reply was, "Who is this fellow, David?" And Nabal sneered, "The young man. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and water and my meat?" that I've slaughtered for my share and give it to a band of outlaws who come to me and ask for help. 
Well, David wasn't that really that much asking for help. He kind of protected these men, and um, and so you know how much Nabal realized this or was willing to accept this. Ah, uh, well, the thing is that he refused to help David. So David became very angry and he wanted to go and wipe them all out for being ungrateful. And then uh, Nabal's uh, uh, wife, Abigail, got servants and, and, and greeted uh, David on his way there and supplied David with uh, lots of stuff. Uh, over 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, and so forth and so on. Lots of roasted grain, and raisin, fig cakes, and when David met her, David um, had a change of heart because of her kindness. And I shared how not only was David so grateful, but Abigail herself, uh, afterwards when David sent for her to be his wife, because she was with this rotten guy, uh, how grateful she was. And on last Sunday, we talk about this love story for Valentine's Day. And so I'll continue to share more about Abigail as we go along. And But I want us to kind of get a background what was happening with David out there in the wilderness, but he did receive help. And, and uh, Abigail is an exceptional person, as we will see later on in the life of David. So, now we are at um, chapter 26. And I, I know you've been reading <coughs> all along, so um, I, I, I thank you for that. But there comes another situation with David and Saul again. Where some men from Ziph came to Saul at Kibeah, and to tell him, David is hiding the hill of Hakilah, which is which overlook Jeshimon. There's always people who are willing to squeal, and David, I guess, trying to curry favor with Saul. So Saul took 3,000 of his elite troops and went to hunt down David. Now bear in mind, this is after he had promised David some time before that he would not harm him because David had, um, had an opportunity to kill him when he was in a cave and David did not. But 
that's typical of Saul and typical of people sometimes. Uh, they'll promise you anything when they're in a pinch. And as soon as they, they get out of it, they forget. And sometimes, unfortunately, go back to the evil ways. Now, here's another opportunity that David is going to have to kill Saul. He slipped, he slipped into the camp one night. And, um, and, um, while, uh, the people were sleeping, Saul was sleeping, uh, and, um, one of David's men, Abishai, Abishai, uh, said to David, God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time. Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. No, said David. No, 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 no. Don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after killing the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday. Or he would die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed. But take a spear and that jug of water beside his head. And let get out of here. So David took the spear and the jug of water. And was near Saul. Dead. Then he and, 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 and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up. And David climbed the hill opposite to the camp until he was at a safe distance. Then he shouted down to the soldiers and Abner's son Adner, wake up Abner. Abner was the chief person responsible for protecting Saul. <coughs> Who is it? Abner demanded. Well, Abner, you're a great man, aren't you? David taunted him. Where in all of Israel is there anyone as mighty? So why haven't you guarded your master, the king, when someone came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you and your men deserve to die because you failed to protect your master. Now you see how David saw things. Not only he, he, he said again that it's not for him to harm Saul, but he was always thinking about people and what people's hearts and what they should be doing. And, and, and in this case, he's saying, hey, this man, Saul might be my enemy, but you all need to do a better job of protecting him. Here I had the opportunity to kill him if I wanted. And then in verse 17, Saul recognized David's voice and called out, is that you, my son David? 
always calling him my son. So I want to share something to you tonight about lyrics, poetry. Uh, a few classes back, we spoke about David and his music, his compositions. We see a lot of it in the Psalms. Over 70 Psalms is attributed to him. And we made a very clear demonstration, I believe, how it reflected on David's life. And I think we'll have several more opportunities before <coughs> we uh, finish the life of David to get into some of the Psalms and show you how they can tell us so much more about David's, David's faith in God and so forth and so on. But you know, David wasn't just a, uh, as I said before, a musician. He was a composer. And sometimes, you know, most of the time people write uh, songs and hymns or whatever it is, even a symphony, and others put it to music. David had the gift of doing both. Uh, we said that before. But something more than that. Uh, David, uh, being a lyricist, being a composer, had to be poetic. Um, hymns and psalms and, uh, you know, even rap, whatever. They're poetic compositions. And so tonight we just wanted to share a little bit about that gift as a lyricist, as a poet that comes out so much in the life of David. So in verse 17 uh, of chapter 26, and for those of you who are online, I am putting it up uh, for you to see. Uh, and for those who, of you who are listening uh, uh, on the phone, I think you should be able to follow. But basically what I'm sharing with you tonight is from chapter 26. And starting at verse 17 to about verse 20 also. And, um, and so I just want you to take a look at that. The 17th verse of, of course, uh, chapter 26 of 1st Samuel. After Saul asks a question, is that you, my son? 
after David had the opportunity to kill Saul again, but did not. From verse 17 to uh, verse 20 or so is a poetic segment. Now, not only, uh, that's not the only portion uh, in, in, in chapter 26 that is in poetry. Many other places are in poetry also. In fact, throughout the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, lots of portion of it is poetry not prose, poetry. Take for instance the book of Isaiah, a very dynamic book. A great portion of the book of Isaiah is not, po is not prose, it's poetry and lyrical and could be put to music. And undoubtedly, many portions of the Bible were sung. They were, they were part of saying that people sang it. Verses 17 to 20 of 1 Samuel chapter 26 probably was put to music. Probably was sung. Now, most of the time when we look at the Bible, the poetic portion of the Bible is written by the writer, the author, whoever was writing it. David didn't necessarily write this part, but it reflects very much about how it recognizes something about David in, this, in the, just a few verses here and the poetic nature of David. And as we said before, like all of us, our life is a composition, a musical composition. Our life is not all prose. Our life is poetry. Uh, and and, 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 and yeah, it's, it's such a wonderful thing when you connect the things, the experiences, in our lives in a poetic way. It not only make our life more meaningful uh, and, and, and in many cases, in many cases, uh, give us joy uh, in, as we go through stuff. Of course, the poetry that are kind of sad too, uh, and that at this time and, it's, and, uh, and, and, and have this meaning, in the in the in the Bible, there's a lot of judge. There's a lot of uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of sad parts and so forth that ex that are expressed in poetry. Uh, even in the Psalms, we call them laments. There's a whole book of laments called Lamentation. But what we're sharing tonight is. Uh, something unique because even though David didn't perhaps didn't necessarily write this portion this way 
the book of Samuel is not attributed to David like like the, the book of Psalms, so, much, so many of the Psalms are. Whoever did so, this old thing uh, is attributed to Samuel. Saw this in 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 the in the um, in the in the great uh, light of Samuel. The Bible tells us that the Samuel already died, and that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to say that I don't know how much David himself had to do with this portion. Of, and I'm just using this small section. So if you're looking at your screen, uh, you'll see I have verse 26 up. I mean chapter 26 up, uh, starting with the first part of verse 17. <coughs> and Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? The Bible is a sophisticated book in many ways. It is deep. It is profound. It is uniquely written. I'm not saying that other Asian um, compositions are not like that, but nothing compares to the Bible, period. And so when people think about the Bible as being old-fashioned, uh, it seemed to be repetitive, and they may ask, well, well why, why, why not just say, well, you know, Saul went up and um, out of the way and up on some eye portion uh, in the wilderness and shouted out uh, so that um, Abner and the other people could hear him. And um, why not just put it in prose like, but just, just kind of recount, you know, briefly. Why, why is it put in such a dramatic way and why does it seem to kind of be repetitive? No, no, no. It is placed there because it can be put to singing. It is placed there because people would remember it. It's placed there because a large proportion of the population didn't necessarily read, but they remember when these things were put uh into these poetic fashions and so um you can't really hear it that much uh and in the king james you can't really hear it that much like in english or spanish or french or whatever uh in the original hebrew is you know is very recognizable but at the same time Many uh, writers, uh, translators, uh, try to be true to the original uh, poetry, the original lyrics, and the meter, and, and the time, and like Yavobi says so many times, the Hebrew poetry is not a lot about um, uh, rhyming, uh, but it's a lot about metaphors, figures of speech, similes, you know, um, parallels and stuff like that. So see if we can hear it a little bit. 
this is from the New Living Translation, which is kind of surprising because, I, you know, but I chose that over the King James, although the King James is a little bit more uh, rhythm to it. But you can hear it even in this New Living Translation, which is really a paraphrased Bible. And Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And this is how David is going to reply. And David said, It is my voice, my lord the king. So you see, it's not a whole lot of necessary words that are being spoken. It is poetry. Hey, it is biblical rapping, if you don't get offended by that. Why is my Lord chasing after his servant? For what did I do? And what evil is there in my hand? See the the expressions, the the, 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 the figures of speech. It, you know, not, it's not old-fashioned writing; it's poetic writing. And now, may my Lord the King listen to the words of his servant, if. It is the Lord who has instigated you against me. May he accept an offering. So many Bible, many translations, you would indeed see this section in poetry. And you listen to it and you tune into it. But if it is of men, it, if but if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out today from having a share in the inheritance inheritance of the Lord, saying, "Go serve other gods." And now, let my blood not fall to the ground, away from the Lord's presence. For the King of Israel has come out to seek a single flea. Single flea, and that's a metaphor. I'm just like a flea to him. Just as he chases the partridge, those are birds in the mountains. I just like for people to learn to love the Lord and to learn to love the Bible and to learn to love the Word of God. And to learn not to take his word for granted, 
not only in substance and in meaning and in spirit, but the wonderful, extraordinary composition, literary composition. Oh, I don't know. I just, I just have to, I, 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 let me just do this one more time. Somebody may, hey, and the soul recognized David's voice and says, and listen to the part where David, where people are actually speaking, in this case, Saul. Is this your voice, my son, David? And then David replied, it is my voice, my Lord, the King. Why is my Lord chasing, chasing after his servant? For what did I do? And what evil is there in my hand? Oh boy. So meaningful. And now, may my Lord the King listen to the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has instigated you against me, may he accept an offering. I, I accept it. I, I'm just an offering, a sacrifice. But if it's a people of men, And may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out. You know, I'm a fugitive in this time today from having a share in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Yeah. I'm not. David is saying there, I'm not going to turn away from God. No, I, I, I'm not going to do it. And now let my blood not fall to the ground away from the Lord's presence. I want to live for the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea. It's all big army, elite soldiers. Just as he chases the birds in the mountain, hunting, 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 me like he hunt birds. Oh, may God continue to bless 